The following episode of the Carnival of Randomness is sponsored by an important message to you, the people from Upsetnik and Associates. Every day there are forces that are taking from you, stealing from you. Your money, your time, your freedom. Immense faceless corporations, banks, credit card companies, insurance providers, government agencies, this list goes on and on. When you are under attack and facing crisis, turn to us, Upsitnik and Associates, attorneys for you, the people. When every day becomes a battle, we can advise and assist. We have been advocates for 40 years. Email us through UpsitniksLaw.com or call us at 1-866-391-3299 or reach out to us through Upsitnik and Associates on Facebook for a prompt, no obligation, communication and consultation. Don't be pushed around. Hey everybody, it's Carnival of Randomness as usual, but this is that time of year, what was it, like three over the weekend, Zach? Uh, yeah, I think it was like three or four degrees Fahrenheit. And a lot of people have bad livers and broken hearts because it was just Valentine's Day. You know, uh, speaking of that, this was actually, I bucked from tr- tradition. For the first time in about four years, I did not drink scotch and watch my bloody Valentine. Well, you got to change up every now and then. Yeah, Just like, like I, if I, you look at the page, the hammer was not present this year. Yeah, he I really cha- pulled. I forgot the guy's name was that Billy Ray Valentine from Trading Place. Looking good, Billy Ray. But Feeling I thought you know we try to bring a little warmth here. So obviously, well, Bauman's not here. As soon as I said bringing warmth to the show, oh yeah. But we'll try to talk about warmth. something maybe up, maybe some upbeat in the midst of non-upbeat <clears throat> or whatever else. But I was saying about Trading Places. You mentioned it's one of those lost Christmas movies that I really enjoyed and haven't watched for a while. It's still the salmon in the beard. The salmon in the beard grossed me out when he's sitting on what the subway. And he just pulls that fillet of salmon through his beard and starts chewing on his beard. It's like, whoa. But one thing we'll talk a little bit about is there's going to be a George Harrison tribute show coming up. Yeah. Uh, this weekend. George Harrison was probably, I've noticed that John Lennon for a while was a popular Beatle. But George, I think, comes out from more musicians I know, from more friends I know, is the most popular Beatle. I know, like, younger musicians like Michaela Davis, it's her favorite, uh, Sam and Josh from Maybird. I'm a fan of If you listen to Turning Into Water, I told them when I first heard their song, they debuted it at Bernunzio Music. I said, that's the best song George Harrison ever wrote. And they were all really grateful. Greg Townsend has said it's his favorite guitar player, and from Greg, that's a big compliment. Yeah. And like my friend Pat Barrius, he says, and he's played in Crazy Train. This was a Ozzy tribute band we used to see, and he's in a lot of country bands, blues bands. He says George doesn't get the recognition he deserves in no, terms of un- a guitar player. Unfortunately, he really doesn't, and it's because especially i think when he was with the beatles he was overshadowed by john lennon and paul mccartney well there was the nasty joke somebody once said about the beatles where they said it was a giant and his sidekick and two midgets referring to john paul and george, george and ringo. ringo yeah and the thing is you look at george and i suppose they all had their part paul mccartney would say years later look at the band and i think led zeppelin went the same way look at it like as a triangle so say they were going to play again you lose one part of the triangle, it's not them. Whereas other bands, they have, you go see some bands these days, there might be one guy who was related to a guy in the band. It's like the old thing. It's like, I hope you folks like the Doobie Brothers because we've got one of them. 
And then they come back, you yeah. know, some roots. But I actually back. hear you're going to laugh at this. I was out with my buddies, the Moon Dogs, as you know. Yeah. And they were talking about one of the guys said one of the hippest places to play that a lot of guys play and he's seen bands is bowling alleys. Hey, man, that's a, that's a throwback to my friend, to our friend, because he's both of our friends, Darren, seeing Loverboy at the Letchworth Bowling but Alley. The thing years is, ago. Like, so, like, say, like, like Don Elcott at like Radio Social, they have stages, they have a restaurant, but like I mean, a pure bowling alley. Yeah, like the bowling alley with the greasy ass nachos. Where did the... they play though? Did they play right on the lane? That's what I think he said. They set up a, a riser over like three or four lanes, and they just played there. And I think the thing I like about George, it's like one of those cool things. And I have this story right from John Cleese when he's here. He told it. He. They were trying to find financing for Life of Brian, which, by the way, has been named the number one British comedy of all time. I can see that. And, you know, I, you know how lists are. I take it for what it is. But it's damn funny. You know, you, but here's the thing with that one. You can make a legitimate argument. And the thing it. is, yes, when I younger, I love Holy Grail still, which they did not have fun shooting. It was all damn well, dingy. Yeah. But in Life of Brian, I didn't get as much. But as I got older and watched that, it again, oh, did I get it. That's what it is. You know, when I first saw it, I was like, it's just not that good. But then I watched it more and more. I got older. My humor But changed. how would you like to have this where you're trying to make a movie, you get a script, nobody will produce it because it's controversial. George Harrison sees a script, so you're in bed. Get a call at 3 in the morning. Yeah. Uh, you can make your movie. Well, we don't have the money. I'm going to produce it. I want to see it. So you want a movie you want to see. You have yeah. made. And that's, you... How life, that's how handmade films was formed. Yeah. Which is, and they've really done a lot. Cool. Time Bandits. Time these. Bandits, by the way, if you've never seen it, is a fantastic movie. I and I think that movie's incredible. I honestly. own it, and that's why handmade films was formed because George wanted to see a movie. Yep, and I think he comes off too. I've told the story many times. It's like my George Harrison story about there's a college girl who was just traveling England during a break, and she's out around some some shire by the bushes and the bus is late. This guy comes out of the bushes, starts talking to her, invites her in for tea. It was George Harrison. Like, hello, and, my name is George Harrison. Or as you met me, you in the bushes. He seems just like an all-around nice guy. Yeah, a decent human being. And see, Martin Scorsese's recent film about him, which was long, about three hours is in two parts. He comes off as really, out of all the Beatles, the one guy you'd probably, if you'd said, if I could hang out with any of them, John on a good day, he had good days and very bad days. On a good day if you weren't a female. Because I've always heard yes, but that, but I've also heard if you caught him, you know, on the right day, otherwise you don't want to be near him. Paul was always, he always said he never mind talking to fans, signing autographs. Paul seems decent, but George just seemed a little more decent. But what he had, I guess Paul had a system, he would talk to you, and he made a motion like if he had his handlers, if he had to go with his elbow, and they'd be, hey, Paul, we gotta go. But he always said he never minded meeting the fans. Ringo, he said, had his side where, okay, it's like Dave Murray of Iron Maiden, I guess Dave Murray, be glad to sign autographs, but he's at the hotel, no. And I guess Ringo was the same way where he would do it, but he just wouldn't want to be bothered. And he did that thing years ago where he went online and said, no more fan mail, no more autographs. Yeah. So he was like the nice speed but he had a sort of mean side. Yeah. Where George is always sort of renowned as just the nicest of them. Yeah. And, and that's, which is cool because you always, especially with a lot of celebrities, you look at your vision of them and it's always nice when your vision matches up to the Oh, reality. I've had some. 
experiences where I've met a celebrity and I wish I hadn't. Right, and that's what they always say, never meet your I've idols. I've heard things, and, and a, again, a this is only conjecture, but one of the things, like, if you look at, like, a lot of comedians, <laughs> you find out they're not really very nice in person. No, but the uh, one I've heard about more than once was Danny Kay, that he could be really surly. That's what it is. You said that, and it actually surprised me. And the thing is, read Leonard Nimoy's book, and he said when he became a star, if you asked him for an autograph, he always signed, because he said when he was a kid, he waited for Danny Kay to come out for an autograph, and he just blew him off, and he he was mean. Didn't he tell him to go fuck himself or something? This is like a little kid, little Spock. So he said, and I guess I've heard this story, a story with Marlena Dietrich was she was going to something, she had to go in, it was a theater thing, fans asked for autographs, and she said, I can't do it, but if you come back, I'll sign. They told people, so she comes out, Danny Kayser, and there's a whole group of people who want her autograph, and he just blows them off and says, why are you doing this? And she said, I said I'd sign, and I'm going to sign every one of them. But I guess he had that side to his personality. Milton Berle, if you ever watch his show, he would have times where he got genuinely mad because yeah. they weren't doing something right um no so watch out for people it's not what you see on the screen well and then you have then the rare opposites of that you have the guys like your uh your stan laurels who published his address in the phone book and actually people what they would go to his house or his apartment and he would invite them in for like you know, tea or something, and he was just, you know, a very genial, lovely I guess Baylor Lugosi would do that, too. He actually said that he would have fans. He would be glad if you came to his... Can you yeah. imagine just coming to his... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, where are you going? Oh, I'm going over to visit Baylor Lugosi. Okay. I mean, one of my friends, his relative, actually lives in North Carolina. He went down the street, knocked on the door, and Ric Flair answered it. Yeah. He's like, what are you doing here, kid? <laughs> well, that's, you know, and it's... And I think a lot of people, a lot of us that are not celebrities tend to forget that they are n- normal, regular people for the most part. Yeah, there's a story, I guess, Phil Collins told on some show about knowing Eric Clapton. <laughs> and some, you know Eric Clapton? Like, you'll go over his house? What do you guys do? Yeah, watch TV. <laughs> well, who, I think it's, um, I think it's Mel Brooks and, like, Carl Reiner, like, live right next door to each other. So did Walter Matthau and Jack Lennon. Yeah, but, like, they meet up for lunch and just sit there and watch TV. I would love for that to be a podcast, just listening to those two. What, the thousand-year-old man? Well, not just that, just, like, hearing the stories that these legends of Hollywood have. You know, that would be just really funny, though. All right, well, here's one. Who was one celebrity you met that you were shocked that they were not, like... You know, like you'd heard bad things about them, but then you met them and like, oh, what the hell are these people talking about? In a way, about? I'll say, in a way only, not totally John Waters. Because oh, this well. is, I have to say, yeah. my friend Jen Marks went to go, he came here, he did his Christmas show. He's funny as hell. And the disappointment with John Waters yeah, it was, he was, was actually really nice. Yeah. And it was almost sort of disappointing where you want to go, Jen was telling me after, it almost sounded disappointing. He was nice. You almost hoped like he had that edge. Well, it was like, um, you know, when my cousin met Elvira. You know, he had heard that, you know, Elvira can be kind of standoffish and surly. He said, no, she was the warmest, sweetest human being you will ever want to meet. It's like, you know, and that's cool. You know, and I've heard different things. It's like I've heard, like, people who've met Axl Rose, like, in person. He's been really nice. But then there's the, um, the celebrities that have been... You know, that they're famous because of a specific role, but then they'll shy away from it. It's like, I've done other things, but when, you know, I wrote to Barbara Feldon, she of Get Smart fame, I sent her a picture 
that wasn't of Get Smart, just when she was a model, she still signed it. Agent 99. She's like, you know, hey, that's my bread and butter. I that's why people, people know me. some people embrace it or they hate it. My view is, like, if I had a role like that, I made money. I had pop- I got what I wanted. Why am I going to complain? Yeah, exactly. And that's how she feels. Like, she had a great run on that show, which... Even to this day, 50-some years later, it's still and funny And I always say, show. okay, you can go back in time. You cannot do that role, see how your career went. Right. And you should appreciate it. And a lot of people, like I use the Peter Falk example, where he was Columbo, one of the most recognized. But he had film careers, fine. Did a yeah. lot of stuff with John Cassavetes. And maybe if you find good projects, because it's an excuse in some ways. Excuse me. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. So I think, and... I think like, I know like how Basil Rathbone got to someone who just absolutely hated Sherlock Holmes. Well, yeah. I mean, you'll get tired of something eventually, but... You know, but I guess you get really mad if kids came up to him or anything else. But like the other thing, too, is you got to expect that. I mean, yeah. people are just going to... They see you and they get goofy or whatever else. Well, I've always found it really interesting <clears throat> when a celebrity gets starstruck by another celebrity. I guess Val Kilmer. When he was on a plane, he found out Paul McCartney was there. He yeah. went nuts about it. Or, um... At a, a show we were at, no more specifics than that, there was a uh, young lady who was um, a very prominent voice actress in uh, in anime, in the anime circles. And she was geeking out because one of the original Power Rangers was there. And I, I, I you know, I said, I was like, you okay? She's like, I remember watching him on TV. I was like, well, she's my age, so that makes sense. It always sense. goes like that, because I've always said I'm like one of the one per- people's never watch Transformers. Oh, I love Transformers. You see people, some things slip through the cracks like that. Well, and it's a, and it's a generational mm. thing. You know, by the time Transformers came around, you know, you were probably beyond the beyond that age and on to other things, whereas I kind of grew up with That's it. That's the thing, too. What has happened, and some week I'm going to check, what has happened to the Saturday morning cartoon? Is oh, it still God. there? No, still... I don't think it is, because a lot of that stuff has been replaced by streaming. Now... In this, I feel that in this day and age, we want that instant gratification. We don't want to have to wait. It's like, well, I want to watch Tom and Jerry now, and you can, you know, streaming uh, services. You don't want to hear mine? I'll admit I have that phobia in a way where, <coughs> like, if I watch something, like, I, I did finally actually watch Vikings as it went. Yeah. And I will start getting real, like, sort of ticked off about commercials because I'm used to watching stuff without Well, them. right. And I'll flip to the hockey game or something. Yeah, and that's, you know... But that's, when I was a kid, Saturday morning cartoons were hit, really hitting its stride, you know, in the, like, early 90s. And that was something, it's like, yeah, we go to school every day, but God damn it, on our day off, we're getting up well, at 7 had, in the morning, and we're going to watch cartoons. We had every, I remember when I was in grade school, you get home, put on PI, it was WPIX 11, and remember... Can you remember when there was a time you only had like around four or five, six channels? Yeah. But then when we had first cable, we had W, no, we had WRR, which is, and this is how I saw Godzilla movies, hockey, monster movies, WPIX, Ebony Costello every morning on Sundays. But you would turn that on during the day, and they would have from like three to five or so. Yeah. They would have like McGilla Gorilla, the one I always forget. Oh, with McGilla the, Gorilla. I always forget the name. The the hippopotamus with the pith helmet. Who Was flew it Peter Potamus? Yeah. He had yeah. a pith helmet. And he had a time traveling balloon. Yep. And he flew around. Grape ape. Oh, grape. Mighty ape. Mouse. Captain Caveman. Never saw. He wasn't on, but Mighty Mouse. Yeah. And they had all these cartoons. You would get home. They had Bozo the Clown. <laughs> And I don't know which Bozo it was. I guess there were a oh, bunch of them. Oh, there's been several Bozos And then we had the that on when 
Channel 31 came locally. There was Ranger Bob. We yeah. had the Ranger Bob show, and we did, he was almost like what they did on PIX. Well, I, I'm, I know uh, growing up in Pittsburgh, it was through WQED, which was the PBS affiliate. <clears throat> That's where I first started seeing, like, Are You Being Served and some of the British shows. Because they would play. Well, the that shit was out us, and that was on XXI. Yeah, XXI on here. Python, and that's where there was the show. Nobody's ever heard of, but it exists. I've read about it. You could find it on YouTube, obviously. But for a while, I guess they lost the Python episodes. It was the goodies. And this was even more surreal. Oh boy! And, but you could find it. It's it's on YouTube. I'll have to look for that. I... And it was always goody goody yum yum. I'll have to look for that because I'm sure as hell not watching the XFL. <laughs> Well, you're the only one. Appar- yeah, apparently I'm the only one in the world not watching the XFL, except for all those empty seats in the arenas. They all painted themselves in yeah. their color. I'm sure, what's he going to say? They all dressed... Uh... Yeah, they all they all dressed like seats. Okay. But this was big in the day because you had all these, just a few channels. Yeah. But what was your, like, golden age for c- cartoons? I'm going to say it was early 90s. I think it was 1992 when the X-Men cartoon came out. You know, X-Men, the animated series, the one that everybody remembers. And it's often been touted as the show that saved Marvel. Because Marvel was in the fucking toilet. Then this show came out. All of a sudden, a new generation of kids grew up loving the X-Men. Just like when they considered how the X-Men movie, like it or hate it, that was the movie Blade, really. And that were the ones that started the Marvel. Because finally, they did movies that actually... Made money, yeah. Unlike a lot of the suck movies, right? Like, uh, I still have to see that Fantastic Four from nineteen eighty nine. Have you seen it? I've seen parts of it. Parts that's, of it. That's or, all I, need. I saw the Captain America with the Italian red skull. Yeah, with Italian it. red skull. That was a that was a thing. Because <laughs> you you told me about it, I was like, I'm gonna find this son of a bitch, and I found it. I think I got it out of the library. Yeah, and it's like because remember how DC had to leave because that was like Batman was enormous, Superman. Well, that and actually that whole same time period, it was that first Batman animated series with Kevin Conroy. I think his first appearance as Batman. I mean, you talk about because it was a cartoon, so we're thinking, you know, what cartoons are? It was dark. Well, I could speak and on that because I know the creator, Paul Dini. That was a show I could tell you go. Take your list of people. Say whoever you want. It was Bruce Tim did the art and the there's a comic book of it. They did it. Oh, uh, the animated series. Yeah, they okay. actually because Paul Dini and Bruce Tim did the art. This was a book. You take anybody out there, Neil Gaiman. Take any creator. They will say this was the best bit. This was how Batman should be. I, I, it I wasn't agree. like the psychotic guy we have. No, it, it was, was you know the villain. It was perfect. I I really think it was. The best interpretation of Batman I've ever seen. And I know, like, in terms of how I am with comics, but I remember Frank Miller was, like, tut-tutting a little bit about movie fans saying, okay, for Batman, they want a King Tut. And King Tut never made an appearance. He was not a comic book character. Until recently, they finally they did some retro series, and that's now brought him in the comic fold. But, you know, FYI, Harley Quinn is from that show. Oh, uh, yeah, the animated yeah, series. Yeah, that's, that's where, where she's she from. First, they brought she... her into the universe with Mad Love. Yeah. And that's so Harley Quinn originated in the show. Yeah. Oh, Mr. J. 
Harleen Quinzel. Yeah, because she was his uh, psychiatrist, psychiatrist at, we at sort Arkham. Of won over. And then she made a cameo, and I think it was Mia Sarah in the short-lived Birds of Prey TV show. Yeah, very short-lived. Yeah, because you could see it. And I, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. And well, that's what, what it is. And it did one of those great things. Summer Glau was not in it, yeah. but it had the cliffhanger, but it never came back. Yep. And now you can get it on DVD like everything else. But that, that to me, was the golden age of especially comic cartoons because you had Batman and then the X-Men, and they were just phenomenal. Even to this day, you're looking, you know, 20 years later, they're still incredibly watchable. I remember, like, even the build because I I know they don't do it anymore. I don't know if they did it back then, but what they would do is before the new season premiere, they would have a big thing on TV. You'd sit and watch, mm-hmm. and you'd be, ah, oh, and then you'd be going, oh, no, this is on when this is on. Yeah, you're like, this no. is on, what am I going to watch? And mind you, and don't forget, this is the day before DVR. You couldn't DVR, so you had to pick. So you had to pick and hope one of your friends was watching the other one and with I the will VCR say the big one of the big things of childhood's end, as I often say, is you find out, when you're a kid, you think these things ran forever, but then, like, you check now, you get the complete series. What the heck? There's, like, 18 yeah, episodes. You, a while ago, it was the H.R. Puffin stuff. You're like, how much is that? It was like, 20. It was, like, 17, 18 episodes. When I'm thinking, I know there was a movie. I know that for sure, because I saw Mama Cass was a witch in it. Yeah. There's a lot of singing. I know Witchy Poo and them appeared on Horror Hotel. The Owl was on. Mm-hmm. That was on, was actually the Bay City Rollers, but the Cinemarty Croft Hour. So I wonder if he... Like popped up on that maybe maybe but it's just weird thinking about there's not even twenty episodes right you know it's like really that's it Ghostbusters this is the show with uh, Long Dong Tucker I was gonna say it was just the Forest Tucker Storch. and Larry Storch with the gorilla and we only say that because I guess like he had a big bell like he rang at home oh no his nickname no, Long Dong Tucker no because that's where he got his start it was in a cathedral yeah you know so it was Long Dong Tucker Larry Storch F Troop. Yep. Then Bob Burns and the twist was he was the gorilla, but it was Spencer, Tracy, and Kong. His name was Tracy. Kong was Larry Storch. Yeah. And they had the ghostly materializer, and it only ran 15 episodes. Well, like, I think the one, interestingly, I just looked it up was Scooby-Doo. How few episodes of Scooby-Doo oh, so there really were. I thought there were lots, were. actually. There really weren't. He can't, a lot of movies. Maybe. Well, that was a separate thing. It was the new Scooby-Doo mysteries. So that's like yeah. Scooby-Doo meets the Harlem Globetrotters. Kiss even. Kiss, uh, Batman and Robin, yeah. Laurel and Hardy. You know, those I remember because they were in syndication by the time I came around. And we had like, 70s, again, Sidney Croft. Amazing. And the thing about them is we had these live action shows. It was amazing then, like, pick somebody, and I'm not up to date on TV. Pick, like, somebody from the 90s, maybe, who was, like, a big star in television. Then you go on your Saturday cartoon, and on this. They would have these shows like The Lost Saucer, Jim Neighbors, and Ruth Buzzy. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. They would actually do this. And you, you think they probably didn't need the money, that it had to be a little fun for them. Well, and for those who aren't familiar with Ruth Buzzy, watch the... The uh, the Dean Martin celebrity roasts. Some of the old ones. She's on there. She was funny. And basically, Jim Neighbors, if you don't know who that is. Well, Shame I, on you. But I will say, you also probably did not know he had a macadamia nut farm. Yeah, we didn't and know And he's that a damn, damn good singer. Yeah, is he? Did he? He passed. He passed. He's May rest in peace. But, uh, that's the thing. Jim Neighbors, a.k.a. Our buddy there, uh, Gomer. Golly! Shazam! I mean, you talk about a beautiful baritone singing voice. I mean, that man could... The one I've always heard, he did this amazing rendition of Battle Hymn of the Republic. 
It's fantastic. And he also did... Um, he did a lot of songs. He sang a, at, at some race. I think it was the uh, Indianapolis 500. He always sang, like, something. One, their their song. He would do it every but year. that'll bring up a good randomness here for us. Hey, why not? Drift off on... You have to answer this because I forgot it again. But I know his brother was Goober Pile. Yes. But now, he was another guy. He played a mechanic, and you had that... What I called the Jughead hair. It, now, what were those things called? I looked it up because... I'll, I'll tell you the story later. The The hat that uh, Goober Pile... Slash Jughead from the Archie Comics War that looked like a sunken in crown was called a whoopee cap. Because, like, Jughead, but Jughead wasn't a mechanic. But, no, he was a, a slacker. Yeah, but you just wore the hat for mechanics. They yeah, wear that him? was like, I, I think at the time it was a mechanic or like a, a laborer's hat. It was called a whoopee cap. Because I'm trying to think now, and did anybody else wear these like I, shows? I can't recall other Original than, thing, maybe? Maybe. Maybe you just wore it, like, suppose, like where they were, like, in that area. Yeah. But it, it is a legitimate hat style. And uh, the only reason I know it's called the whoopee cap was because uh, my family and I go to Treasure Lake every year, and usually we go around to Kentucky Derby time. What's the big thing at Kentucky Derby? It's the goddamn hats. So we were all going to get weird hats, and I was like, God, what is the name of that goddamn crown hat? Because I want to get one. And it's like, oh, the whoopee cap. Like, ooh, I'm going to get one. No, they're like 50 fucking dollars. Do you have a mint julep? No. I actually, never had one. I just remember, like, Dr. McCoy would drink them. Yeah. And I figured you got to be down south to have a genuine one. I think that's what it is. And last year, I think it was last year, with all the controversy about the winner of the Derby, was it last year or the year before? Ah, years go by quick. I don't know. Um, my stepmom and her sister were actually down in Kentucky for the Derby, having their mint julep with their fancy cotillion hats and... We're up in Treasure Lake, which is in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. You gotta wear hats there, though. You gotta get well, no, we went to the, the dollar. Yeah, general, that's what it is. I went to the, I went to the dollar store and I got this five pack of tiny hats, you know, with the elastic band under it. I just wore one of them. Now, right? one of you, like one of the, you asked to wear the little thing with the propeller on. I, it. Well, and now I'm looking because we're going Derby Derby time this year as well. Um, I'm looking for a hat. The one I wanted to get forever was the Deerstalker. And for people that aren't familiar with what a deer stalker is, it's the Sherlock Holmes Sherlock hat. Holmes hat, yeah. I actually saw a dude coming out of Trader Joe's a while ago wearing one. But they're expensive. Go uh, back. And and I, mean, I don't want to drop 60 bucks on it. No, you made me think about it, too, where, you know, you think about how styles have changed. Because I remember a time when men always wore hats. Yeah. It was like, it was... My dad had, like, the fedora. Yeah, if you went out, back in, I think mainly, like, the 50s was probably the, the big era of that. Well, Mad Men, that's why a lot of people I know, a little older than me, would say about that show that they watch it. I really never got into it. Yeah. But they would watch it, and they would say, they just remember these guys. They remember the era. That's when they were growing up on. Yeah, here, I'm going to... I'm going to Google it just because the whoopee cap, and actually there's George Lindsay is the picture wearing the whoopee cap. Uh, popular among youths in the mid 20th century, often made from a fedora with the bill with the brim trimmed and, and a scallop cut and turned up. In the 1920s, caps indicated the wearer was a mechanic. Okay, so it was the mechanic's hat back in the 20s. Well, there you go. Now we learned something. That's interesting, and I never really asked anybody about that. How? Yeah, the whoopee cap. So they literally cut a fedora into that little crown shape. 
Hmm. You know, it's interesting, but it's like one of those things where look at styles, how they change like that, everything. And like, I mean, the, you see these guys all like walking around suit and ties going everywhere. Well, yeah, you know, back, you know, that was back in the, and that was also back in the day when doctors would prescribe cigarettes. So, well, I laugh, you like, know. I laughed at the case, like watching, like dealing with the medical system the last few years. I remember like been watching old episodes of Emergency and you see the, the top notch professionals dedicated your the dedicated doctors yeah. and all the and now I'm going, what the heck? Yeah, obviously that was a TV invention. If you're a doctor, I don't give a damn. No, and it's and I've seen how the system no. is now. Well, here's really, one. You ever want to freak yourself out? Talk to a doctor about something other than medicine. Well, they are that. unable to do it. I've heard that my professor once told me that he said Talk to some of the doctors. I go to some receptions. There's doctors. If you get them outside of medicine. They're screwed. They're like fish out of water. Yeah. And it's not even because you're being a dick to them. It's just they're, they're because they've spent so much of their life devoted to one thing, it's kind of pushed everything else to the to the side. But it's really weird. Yeah, and it's like a lot of problems with the system, I can well, say that, certainly. Well, yeah. But I was actually thinking like some random words and stuff and everything, and... You think about names, and I was thinking about nicknames. Like, if you, like, you basically just call that always just Zach. Yeah. Have you ever been called by your full name by people? Or you it, ever... It's been a while. I just, basically, what I did is I just shortened my first name. I chopped off the A-R-Y and just got Zach. Because, but, you know, you always think of that, though. <clears throat> it's like, like, Snoop's got this theory, you don't get nicknames, they come to you. Right. You know, it just appears. And the one thing I hate with a with a passion is the Chris Berman type who give themselves a nickname. Yeah. Don't care. It's documented. He gave himself the nickname Boomer and now oh, I'm Boomer. No, you're a no, goddamn see, idiot. Snoop took that seriously. He said you you do not give yourself a nickname. No, that's obnoxious. Like, well, you know, if you did that in a circle I and you know, with some of the people I knew, it's like, well, my nickname is gonna be Spike. No, your nickname is Sally now. But we were you know? we were actually talking about it might not seem interesting, but it will be. Yeah, we'll uh, weather. Oh god. We were talking about the weather, remember? Yep. How deceptive it is in different places. All right. For people that live out west and down south, take your dry heat argument and jam it because a hundred degrees is a hundred degrees. Oh, it's a dry heat. It doesn't feel as bad. Yes, it does. I've been in both dry and humid heat. They both suck. Equally. I think it's good for rheumatism though and stuff. Not well, I mean that's what I've heard because the lack of moisture, which does make sense scientifically, or you know it, it combats the consumption, which is why everybody moved out west back in the eighteen hundreds. But hot is hot. Yeah, hot is hot. I'm sorry. It's like, oh well, it's cold, but it's not windy cold. Who gives a fuck? It's two degrees. It's cold. No, and I remember being in Warsaw, Poland. I think the temperature <coughs> was around me. 40, but the wind was so bad mm. that it was horrifying. Actually, on that note, here's one. When you look at a weather report, especially in wintertime, it'll say, well, it's, you know, the temperature outside is 25 degrees, but with the wind chill, it's 10. Then it's fucking 10. It's not 25, it's 10, you know? I don't get that. Why is like, well, when the wind blows, it's 10, so it's 10 degrees. Don't you, I don't have you think? no idea. It's like even like with modern technology, how weather forts and everything are. Well, as the great Lewis Black once said, you know what meteorologist means in English? 
It means a liar. <laughs> but the one thing I was going to talk about, too, is might as well bring it up. Now, the future of sports little with all this cheating stuff coming out. Oh, my God. That uh, Well, uh, very recently, uh, actually, I think it was on Valentine's Day, so a couple days ago, in the Premier League, Manchester City got busted for... Uh, I didn't it's, see this. No, because uh, my cousin Max is a huge Manchester City fan, and he texted me, and apparently they made, like, gross amount of payments that were illegal to get underage players, so they have now been banned from all competitions for the uh, until 2023. They're going to continue to play, it's just their games are meaningless. Well, one of mine that I still... I'll never forget this. My dad was like a huge fan of the Little League World Series. I would have it on every year. I remember, I think it was Taiwan. I don't want to smear you, Taiwan, if it wasn't you. It was one of those teams where these dudes had facial hair. Yeah, where they were like, looking at these guys. Like, there's no way, way you're 13. Then it came out, the guy's like 18, 19. Yeah. <laughs> but can you imagine pretty soon we're going to hear the controversy about the loaded bowling ball? You the know, pins broke. Yeah, like they corked the they corked the opponent's darts. I've heard that. Well, it, but it's just you know, you know, and everybody's like, "Oh, I can't believe Manchester City got caught," or you know, "I can't believe the Houston Astros got caught." Don't break the fucking rules, and you won't get caught. Well, I always call this a thing like going to the Astros. I call it competitive advantage. There are things in the game that are fine. For example, you go up there, you tell your teammates, "Hey." When he shrugs his shoulder a little, he's going to throw a curve. He gives. Right. And there's, there, I think it's Greg Maddox, actually, the Hall of Fame pitcher. When early in his career, he was getting lit up, and one of the coaches noticed he was tipping off his pitches with the way he stood. That's fine. Yeah. If there's a guy on second, they will change They'll, it because yeah, the guy they, tries to steal. Right. They look at the. They have different sets of signals, but when you put a video camera in there, wasn't in their dugout. I still was it. I thought was there one over center field because I, I guess think Cora was, was the ringleader. Yeah. Well, I think there was one there, and I think may have been a couple pointing at the dugout. So once you start bringing video recording technology into this, that's when it enters the territory of you have now messed up. Yeah. You know, but if you're on second base and you see the catcher doing two fingers down, and all of a sudden he throws a slider, like, hey, two fingers, slider. See, that's fine. Are but then kidding? they, but then they know it's like, well, we got a guy on second. We'll use the other signals. Yeah, are they? You have a bunch of. Uh, it's funny sometimes watching some of those like coaches with those weird signals. Oh yeah, it's. The, I remember the one coach had different signals for everybody. Well, it's like when you see the coach like tapping the nose, tapping the ear, tapping the arm. It's like, is he trying to land a seven forty seven, or is he telling me to bring in the left hand? Yeah, and then watch know. he probably sneezes and screws it up. Yeah, or like something. he sneezes, the guy gets caught stealing third. And like, I did, you know. The thing is, again, I will talk about if you can in your local try to catch a muck dog game this year because it might They're be their around. last season and it's a fun experience it really is because you and i went what was it last year year before year before year weird uh we're sitting there and we're having a conversation with the players as they're standing there you got a bag of sunflower seeds from one of the players um it's just and not just because it's such a low level in the system any minor league baseball is really fun the like, first thing you could get season tickets if you lived there for cheap, less than obviously less than half of what it's cost to get a Sterling Stones ticket. Well, and um, uh, 
I know there's some, I think it's the Lansing Lugnuts out in Michigan. They had a promotion. If you get their logo tattooed on you, they give you season tickets for life. One of the best, because one of my other dream jobs would be to think of promotions for minor league teams. One of the funniest oh. you told me about was the Tom Brady night. The Tom Brady one, when he got suspended for, what, the first quarter four, of the season. Yeah. Like, if your name, and everybody took it in stride, nobody was offended. If your name was Tom or Brady... They wouldn't let you in until the third inning. <laughs> or, like, free. they would let you in, but you weren't allowed to go to your seat until the third inning. It was free. Yeah. It was so funny. See, I think that's And it was creative. free if you brought in, like, a deflated football. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's clever. And um, a couple years ago, me, my grandfather, my dad, and um, a friend of mine who was out in Las Vegas is transferred elsewhere went to see it w- at what happened to be the final season of them as the Las Vegas 51s. Now they're the Aviators, which is silly. But they had so many weird promotions. There was, instead of the, the wet t-shirt contest, it was a frozen t-shirt contest. So what they would do is they would twist up a t-shirt, dunk it in water, and then freeze it. And the first person to get it unraveled and put it on got a free Hawaiian shave ice. Um, and mind you, we're in the middle of Vegas, so it's the desert, so it's hot as balls, which makes sense. That's the one I was going to ask. I saw it again, and I think you watched it. Would you ever go on one of those wing challenge shows? No. Absolutely not. And I'm wondering how hot some of those even are. I mean, I've, um, if the Scoville units that they say are accurate... It's Krakatoa out of your ass. Let's put it that way. What are the worst ones you've had in terms of... Oh, I tend to avoid that real spicy stuff. Well, this is like when you were young and dumb. Yeah, because I like to taste my food now. But I remember... I never did like the Dave's Insanity sauce. Well, that's sick. That's That's just just stupid. Or like the the shit that's pure capsaicin that you... It's the shit... For those that don't know, capsaicin is the stuff they make pepper spray out of. It's a chemical. It's almost base. like a gimmick. It it's is. Like it's, it's a gimmick sauce. It's not meant for food. But I know, like one I've warned people <laughs> about was going to the Bayside. They have you have to ask for it. You have to know about it. it's a straight hot, and the the cooks make up a, a habanero base sauce. Yeah. And this is like one of the worst. But I tell people if you do do it, take the next day off because yeah. you will. And I know this has happened to everybody. One of my friends told me I should have listened because he was in Home Depot and he had a run. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those. But oddly enough, years and years ago, this is right after I graduated high school. So the hottest wings I've ever had out of all places were at the Ground Round by us. The Ground Round? Really? They were. We like went through a couple pictures of Mountain Dew. And wow. I still can't figure this one out. Either was, I think maybe the cook was having a bad day and spiked us, or they really, like, the waitress well, went back and said, they said they want it really hot. Show these dumb idiots. Well, there was, um, it's still around, Quaker Steak and Lube. I think back, in, I don't know if they still do, they probably do. They had the, like, insanity wings that you had to sign a waiver for. And, like, I would see people eating them and just, Duh! no. Well, like, what's the crazy place in Vegas where you put on, like, the... The hospital road. Oh, the heart, the heart attack grill. I'm actually, I actually, when we go to Vegas, we um, we stay right on. It's off Fremont Street by the Four Queens and the the Binions and all that. Yeah, they have no diet anything. You go in in a hospital gown. All the waitresses are dressed like nurses. 
Uh, and they have a big scale out front you can weigh in. If you're over 350, you eat for free. But then if you get some burger and don't eat it in like a half hour, they, they actually fucking smack you with a paddle. <laughs> I, I've never been in there, but I've heard that the food is actually but really good. But one thing that really creeped me out, don't they have like a large shake? No, it's a butterfat milkshake. Yes. And at least they're honest. It's like, eating here is not good for you. <laughs> it's like the point made again, if somebody goes in there and complains, how dumb are you? Right. Like, dude, there's literally a milkshake made out of butterfat. But I heard it's delicious. Probably. I'm not going to try it because I want to live. That one's sort of when you just feel like your heart clogging up. Well, like, and... like every time I walk by it, I get this little tingle in my right arm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm... it's like, well, it's like I think Bourdain said that one. Well, I can't feel my shoulder. Well, and like I, um, I think it's I go by it all the time because it's right by the beef jerky store. So weirdly, if anybody's listening in Vegas, I I will be out there. I need some ideas for non touristy things because we've done pretty much everything we like to do it so uh shoot me shoot us an email carnival of randomness at gmail yeah you never know i mean there's all kinds of, you can go look at the stadium the raiders are that that's the one thing i did tell i did see they are calling them just the vegas yeah, raiders the las, right Ve- now. the las vegas raiders and it's down i looked at the map it's down at the end of the strip i think by mandalay bay or behind that because the hockey arena where the golden knights play is on the strip but it's behind uh Midstrip, it's behind like New York, New York, and Tropicana and all that. But I want to go see. I want to go see the new stadium. Other than that, I mean, we've done pretty much everything that I'd want to do in Vegas. Have you been to pretty much most of the casinos, though, just to see the difference of them? Or? Yeah, and the thing is with casinos, once you get past the facade, they're so, all the same. They're all the same. Because the they literally know. have the same machines. Like you can see the fortune cookie machine at Caesar's Palace. You can see it at Mandalay Bay. It's just the, the, the concept behind it. We've yeah. been to most everyone. And I bet people, like, they do, like, some people, well, I'm a Chevy man or whatever. Right. I'm sure they just got their favorite. Well, and especially. And Rob, like, the Bellagio. Yeah, there are some people that are loyal to one casino or a casino owned by a group because they're all owned by And groups. he wasn't really, he's not big on gambling, but he just liked the food. Well, they have and great food. he said, food. like, you have to look for strip malls, especially strip malls. Well, actually, the one thing we found out, there's, like, a, it's almost like they're, like Chinatown, Vietnam town in a, Oh God, excuse me, in a strip mall. And they have some looks like pretty kick-ass food. I didn't eat there, but they had like bon mis. It's like buy two, get three free bon mis. It's like, man, that'd be good, but I don't want that many goddamn bon mis. <laughs> After a while, you just, one can, that thing about not being able to ever have enough bon mis. Yeah. And all them raw jalapenos, you'll make room for them real quick. Oh, I'm still the old classic days of Thai. Remember in DC where they would have the labels from one to five stars for each. Mm. And they were really, this was more before I think they, sometimes I think they watered stuff down a little bit more. Yeah, But now it's different, but that, you know, and I, I like Vegas, but the thing is you get burnt out four days, four days tops. And then you can burn up. You know, that's that's the place that's and, different than... And I was thinking, like, I've been to all the museums. I went to the Atomic Testing Museum. The Liberace Museum, unfortunately, burned down, and they just never bothered to rebuild just it. Just like the Houdini Museum in Niagara Falls. Yeah. I guess it just burned down. Uh, the Pinball Hall of Fame we've been to. The Mob. The Mob Museum been to. The Neon Museum. There's some cool shit, but it's like... And I'm not gonna pay... Well, here's one. Of any major act today, you asked me this the other day... Who would you shell out good, hard-earned money to go see? Well, I'm, 
preface this by how it's changed because I know, like, I've heard Stones tickets are no way. Yeah, no way. But, the seventeen dollars that they used to be. But the thing was, they got in trouble. They were like big complaints about them in nineteen seventy six because they raised their prices to seven dollars or seven dollars. Yeah, and I know people who saw Led Zeppelin on their tour around here in Rochester for three dollars. Yeah, see, and that's... I remember like we would max out like for us. It would go between ten and twenty. I mean, seventeen would be considered high. Yeah, it'd be like, but and it's like a Stones, really good show. Nineteen eighty nine RFK Stadium, twenty eight dollars. Right, and that was like big. But nowadays, you look at any act, and it's like anybody. Oh it's my god, absolutely. It's ridiculous. Like you're looking, you know, eighty dollars to be in the balcony. You know? And I've always said, unless it was absolutely crazy, still Tom Waits would still be a go to guy. Well, that's what I said to you the other day. The ones I would. I would pay to see. I would pay to see Tom Waits. Uh, I would pay to see Alice Cooper. I would pay to see Nick Cave. Nick Cave. I said there was. Oh, and I said I would have paid good money to see Leonard Cohen. I know Alice Cooper keeps him fairly low. Yeah, because he's reasonable. And Nick Cave actually, I saw him at the Electric Factory in Philly a couple years ago, and tickets were like forty-five. Even that's like 40. not awful. And he puts on one of the best shows I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, but I am glad that I've seen some of the shows in Vegas I've seen. Uh, my mom and I saw George Carlin about a year or two before he passed. Uh, me and my dad and my grandfather saw Don Rickles, who was hilarious. Saw Penn and Teller. They were great. Mac King, who's great. <laughs> Brad Garrett. Brad Garrett, and he riffed on me and my grandfather so hard. You don't think of that, I think, sometimes, like, supporting actors in TV shows. When you get the guy who's supposed to be funny, then you get... And you don't realize some of these, how funny they are. Well, that's... And another thing about Brad Garrett is when you see him, he is an enormous man. Like, I think he's six foot eight, six foot nine, something like that. He comes out onto the stage, and at the time, they've since moved him, but at the time, he was in Rodney Dangerfield's old comedy club. And they, um... You know, there's a bunch of people with cowboy hats. Like, you know, from you guys from Texas, and he has that real deep voice. He's like, yeah. It's like, oh, you're here to see the world's largest Jew in captivity. <laughs> <clears throat> and then he just started riffing on the audience. He he sees me, and I'm bald. I'll admit it, I'm bald with a beard. He's like, hey, look, it's Friar Tuck and his merry men. And he looks at my grandfather. Holy shit, it's Father Time. <laughs> and then he looks at me, and he has to pick on the giant head. Like, God, look at the size of this guy's head. Buddy, take that thing off. Mardi Gras is over. <laughs> I'm fucking dying. That was a thought. It's like a weird random thought again, though. Did you ever go to, like, some store or anywhere and see things, like, on sale anywhere else? And you buy it, bring it home, and you just think, what am I going to do with it? Yeah. Oh, all the time. Oh, God. Well, there are some things I know what I, what I do with them. I end up giving them to you like your Christmas gift a few years ago, the the Ollie's bobblehead, or the Ollie's Christmas ornament. And if you get these, these are haunted. These are not. Yeah. It was cool. I had to But who it. could not? Sometimes you ever get that where you just see something, you have to buy it? Yeah. And plus, it, he's got a magic, those eyes. And just it calls it. to you. And, then, and this is something, let's shift gears again. Let's go to shopping for presents. Yeah, you run into that and you see something and it's like, my God, this is the gift for this person. Like, it calls to you. 
it's very weird when it happens, but it does happen. And I'll actually think, speaking of like Ollie's, the things I see there is still nostalgic is whenever you hear the words as seen on TV, oh. those weird little gadgets things that always the well, it's a hundred whatever it's marked down if you call now yeah, for nine ninety nine. You know, but wait, there's more. The one I always think of <laughs> if you you probably remember the infomercials for it. When I hear as seen on TV are those fucking sauna pants. Oh, do you remember the sauna pants? The, you can find the they can find the infomercial on YouTube. It was literally like inflatable pants that you would pipe hot water into and it would circulate. <laughs> I'm not making it up. Sauna pants are a thing. Well, it's always like the the super slicer ones too. But have you ever ordered anything? Uh, yeah, I actually the only thing I ever had was the SCN on TV Magic Kits. To be honest, were they any good? Yeah, they actually were. I mean, when you're a kid, you expect, but you got a lot of tricks. You got yeah. all the, and I love how it would say SCN on yeah. TV right on them. Well, the one I my sister and I got it for my mom was the Ron Popeil rotisserie, the Showtime rotisserie grill. That thing was awesome. I, I'm not even... That thing was amazing. The I'll actually give grill. away one. It's just really funny. There was one I used to goof people up with all the time where you put a quarter in your hand, close your hand, and it's not there. And I would befuddle everybody on it. Just the secret to it was they give you a little plastic thumb. You put the quarter and you put it on your yeah, hand. Nobody the, notices the well, thumb. Well, because they're looking at where they think the quarter should be. And yeah. that's the entire art of magic is the misdirection. But they got, I mean, you got, if you want to just try, you could get card tricks. You get, they would give you a big box. It was like yeah. getting a chemistry set. It was a starter set. And you would go from there. See, that's cool. And that's like the lost world. I always used to call it. Were there any like plazas or places you used to go to that had some really cool stores? And it was like a bygone era. Well, not... Not so much plazas, but like there were some cool shops at malls. Uh, weirdly, when we go to Treasure Lake at the Dubois Mall, this is a place that's like lost in time. No, I will perfectly describe Treasure Lake for people that have never heard of it. Imagine the movie Hot Tub Time Machine, Kodiak Valley, um, in the eighties, Hoppin' Ski Resort, now just kind of dead and decrepit. That's what Treasure Lake is. In the 80s, it was a hopping ski resort. You had the snow bunnies with the neon everything going down the hill. Like Hot Dog the movie. Yeah, exactly like They that. play concerts there, don't they? Not anymore. The stage is crumbling. Oh. <laughs> but Brett Michaels played on that stage outside the ski lodge. Is there like a little memorial saying uh, Brett Michaels If there it? isn't, there should be. But that stage is in disrepair because the ski lodge has been abandoned. Though I have heard they're doing something with it now. And it's still, they make enough money, obviously, that they stay in business. Yeah, I mean, they're still there. Because it also is a gated community and people do live there. So they have like a homeowner's fee and there's campgrounds and all that. But I do recommend if you and you can get the deals aren't bad. I mean, go there; it's fun. There's it's, not much to do. There was always like for me, we used to have where the Walmart is in Gates. Now there was Westgate Plaza, but we would just call it the Mini Mall. But they seemed like they had the best stores. They would have for me always the used bookstores. Yeah, the nice ones with the covers ripped off. Yeah, which means that nobody was getting money for that. Yes, <laughs> we know now. We did not know, yeah, then. We didn't know then. Now, that was something when I was a kid. I did not know. I was yeah, participating like, oh, in so chicanery. Yeah, and they had a magic shop, which was really cool. And the guy would always demonstrate. And he was really great because mm. he would look at you and he would say, okay, you should start with this. And he used to demonstrate with the balls. And I would always catch him because he'd just do them with the sleight of hand. Oh, the, the, ball, the cup and balls? Well, he would do. He'd bounce them, the ball. Oh, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. But what he literally do, I still remember, is he would bounce. It was like 
Go his hand across to grab him, and right. I always used to spot that. I was like on my my cousin Vinny. I was always looking, but they would have like the little skeleton in the box, and you hit it and mm. stuff. And those stores were really cool, and they had a Baskin Robbins. Oh man! I and remember I remember that, that from my wacky packs because that was the one card I couldn't find was the Baskin Robbins parody for the longest time. Huh. And remember when you didn't just order them; you actually bought them. Yeah, when you actually went to the places, and, and that was like them. wacky packages, which probably now would offend people. I'm sure. Oh, guaranteed. But in the Dubois Mall up until recently, they had, like, a little trading card shop that also doubled as, like, a game shop. So, like, you know, board games and Magic the Gathering and whatnot. And I think that's since gone, but... It's amazing how things go like that. They're all, like, especially... Every year I'll do take one day a year and I'll write down as many as I can remember the bars or restaurants and places that are gone now. And it's amazing. We had had a place on the ridge called the September Place. I I referred to it. You can see part of it. Like, we drive down there, like, sometime again. Yeah. See down, because it's now, like, a a storage facility, but they still got the little tree thing. Oh, that place. Yeah. But it was, like, a place called the Keebler's Elders because it was shaped like a tree. Right. And it was really neat. All right, yeah. But I, then you, it's amazing. I'll look at places and go, okay, this is here now. I remember when this was here and this was right. here. And then you, you're getting to that. It's like, back when I was young, these were all That's orange the scary groves. Part. That's the scary part. Yeah. Or every year when I would take my dad through the mall for walks, I would jot in. We'd be gone in the spring and summer. All the different stores. Right. And it, I remember spending, you know, all the time as a mall rat when I was a kid. Now I'm looking, I nothing really even interests me. No, malls are a dying thing because they are not, we're not able to keep up with online shopping. Well, that's what I think. It's called the dragon egg theory, actually. And what it is where it says, it's based on a lot of stuff coming out of Japan, where a small company will outmaneuver a large company by offering something different. Yeah. And then the large company will not know how to compete. This is like with stores and everything else. Something new comes along, and they can't compete. It's like, you know, the bygone days of renting videos. Well, I mean, one of the prime examples of that would be Borders. Yeah, when uh, the the e-readers first came out, Barnes and Noble saw it and jumped on it. Borders didn't. And I like Borders. It's like I love the one down by Marketplace a lot. Yeah, that's where you found uh, <laughs> Tokyo Zombie, which is a great. Which movie. is like the horror of somebody when you cash out. What the yeah, heck when the is cash, this? When the cashier looked at it and goes, "What the hell it's is like that? I felt we like sell I this? felt like I got like a porno or something. But that movie was quality. You know, I just imagine going up to that I ordered a porno and like, do yeah. we have a no, Tokyo zombie? It's like, do you have Hannah does her sisters or yeah. you know? zombie? Which still has one of the greatest scenes ever, where the one character he goes around being a zombie because he got bit. Yeah. But then they do a flashback. He got bit by somebody's dentures. Yeah, by a woman with false teeth, so she never actually broke the skin. And he did all this stuff that because he thought he was a zombie. Remember his because they were zombie fights. He was Zombald, the bald zombie. And it whacks out where it goes into anime for the middle of the film what for the a little fuck? while. Yeah, I thought I had drank something that had something in it, but no. That was weird. See, I've used, again, we've used this term and I've talked to other people about recently, the thrill of the search for this crazy stuff. Yeah. And uh, you just don't, you can do it, but it's very, now the thrill of the hunt is finding a store to hunt in. Well, remember there was a time, like I remember every year, 
I would wait till Halloween season to try to watch Universal Monster movies because that's the only time they were on. You'd go see a movie like Star Wars. All my friends saw it tons because then it was gone. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's gone. And then, hey, it's in the it's in the video stores. We'd go down to a Blockbuster or Hollywood Video. Yeah, I don't even remember. That was like, you know, just in the day when a lot of that was starting. Yeah. But a lot of these movies just came back. Over the years, they were public domain, or they were gone for years. We didn't have, like, the channels. That was when you used to watch The Late Show. Yeah, the late-night movie. You know, that was a thing. And then there was a time, actually, when there would be the white national anthem and the TV would fade out. Oh. Could you imagine that, though, now? It's like... Yeah, station goes off the air, please. No way. It's blasphemy. But I was actually thinking of something. This is sort of random. We one time showing how unpopular I was in grade school... One time, the teacher just would send you up, and they would give you a random word. I remember somebody got zealot. His thing was, well, when you have something, you zealot. And I got orca, so I start going on about, this is a killer whale. It's actually a dolphin. They are one of the only things that could take down great white sharks. Maybe you've heard from it from Jaws because it was Quinn's boat. And everybody's looking at me, and the teacher's going, are you okay? (laughs) Yeah. But I'll toss. I was thinking then they marbles. Smack you with a ruler. Marbles. What can you say about that? Marbles? Yeah. Never really played them as a kid. See, I collected them because I thought they were cute. I mean, pretty, but I, I mean, they're cool, them. but I never knew anybody that played them. I would, you know, you'd see it like the little rascals shooting marbles in the circle. Never played, but I used to collect them yeah. all the time because I thought they were pretty. And... Oh, they definitely are. And there were some games you used them in, not as marbles. No, but as pieces, like um, Hungry Hungry Hippos kind of had marbles. Uh, there were a couple other. I could picture it in my head where it would like, roll the a... marble on it. Yeah. Oh, the Labyrinth game, but that was a ball bearing. Yeah. That's more. It's sort of close. It's sort of a marble. Yeah, it's marble-esque. Because you, you think about these thing. games before video games. There were actually games where you would just do stuff. And I remember I got like a shuffleboard table with a little display. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I like those. With you those see them in fun. bars now. But see, I never even played, like, for dominoes. All we would do was set them up and then swirl them. Yeah. I had no idea how to play dominoes. Yeah, I never knew how to play the game until recently. I just... And I admit, one I never played was Solitaire. So I used to play that all the time. But it's pretty easy. I lost all the time. To yourself. Oh, yeah, I'm terrible at me. But it's pretty easy to pick up and... Yeah, yeah. Because the other one I'd have to teach myself again would be backgammon because I used to play that a, a lot. I used to play backgammon quite a bit. I could not play it right now if you asked me I think to. you would pick it up, I would that, hope. That's what it is. After a, game or two, a I would, after a game or two, I would pick it up. But I, I right now, sitting down with a board... The I, other one I don't think... I I mean, my mom had a copy of the game of Go, the ancient Chinese game. Oh, the one with the little flat uh, yeah, tiles? Yeah, the little yeah. tiles. And I, I can't, for the life of me... I mean, I've seen it played. I've never actually played it. I was actually looking up some old games. There's some old game the uh, the Norsemen used to play years and years ago. It had, like, giant... The king was in the middle, and you sort of had to get the four things around him or not. Hmm. It's a real, real ancient game. Never heard of that one. Because you figure, you know, some of the stuff with these... Imagine coming up with the first games and coming up with... Well, I think they, they've traced the, the origin of the die, you know, the die or the dice, if you want to do plural, back to, I think... Ancient Iraq, you know, Mesopotamia days, you know, so the dice as an entity has been around for, excuse me. Well, it was around time. if you read the Bible, they knew what it was because they tossed the die for the yeah, casting, the casting of lots. So that, them. so yeah. they know what it was. So you yeah. Know so, it was I mean, it predates biblical time. You're looking three, 4,000 BC, 
that die or dice in some fashion were around. Like you the Egyptians like, knew what the first was. games were like, maybe run outside and see if you don't get eaten coming back in. Well, there's that, you know, it's like, Hey, who can outrun the tiger? <laughs> or yeah. if your creation is the dinosaur. Well, or land and lost, you know, if you go to one of those. Well, you know, if you somehow end up in the center of the earth and get attacked, dive bombed by a pteranodon, because it wasn't a pterodactyl, it was a pteranodon. Yeah. Or grumpy. Yeah. There was always a funny thing. Those old good old hollow earth theories were always really kind of funny. That's what they thought. They thought there was a hole in the world. And yeah. But it's one of those beautiful theories because, in a way, you can't disprove it. You really can't. So you can say, hell yeah, why not? You can't disprove it, but at the same time, it's a little far-fetched. But technically... And Joel Verne, like, when he did the story, at least he made it a little scientific about how to get down there and everything. Yeah, and he theorized absolutely. by how warmer it would be. Right. And everything else. It's like, that's what I like sometimes in science fiction. It's like Robert Heinlein talked about colonizing Europa by Jupiter and how he would do it. And yes, we, but he actually, the way he did it, yeah. you know, made some sense. Or Alan Steele does very realistic about how you would travel. So, you know, it's not like you can just jet out somewhere. You're not going to make it maybe a fifth generation afterwards. Yeah, hell no. Ain't going to work that way. So, that's... <laughs> but... Well, we killed some time there, didn't we? Yes. Well, let's uh, for those uh, the give the give the details on the George Harrison thing. The George Harrison tribute show. It's at Abilene on the twenty second, which is oh George Harrison's birthday. Oh, ironic. Now, I don't think he's going to be there though. I, I heard he steps in every now and then. Yeah, but he's probably very busy. But it's going to be our own friend Greg Andrews is in the house band. Yep. And Don Cristiano is in the house band. He plays in a lot of stuff. And Greg, as you know, have, is, plays with uh, Brian Lindsay and Anonymous Willpower. Actually, Brian's playing at Dinosaur Barbecue this week hmm. on Thursday. So and then, and then Anonymous Willpower. Susie said they're playing at <coughs> a place on University. Hmm. It's down past I, Sticky Lips. I saw she posted that. And on I have Facebook. no idea what this place is. Every now and then, there are new places popping up. Yeah, isn't that weird? So Greg's probably playing there, I would take it. I would think. And there's all kinds of other things happening. I guess people are thawing out, even though it's not warm. And people up. are thawing out and realizing that it's not the end of the and world. And they always have special guests Valentine's and everything, Day. and they do a bunch of George songs and everything. And Greg will have to be playing through all of them because he's the house band and yeah. everything else. And Todd. And by, and by the way, Valentine's Day, invented by Hallmark. Yeah, we, we know, know that. But. And Hallmark is going under. Because and of Valentine's Day. Well, candies. It's the same thing. It's like yeah. everybody, because the big surprise is, I know from John, John Adams, it's a huge pizza day. Oh, guaranteed. It's gargantuan. It's bigger than the Super Bowl. Heart It's pizzas. like the worst day to work at a restaurant ever, oh, as I learned. I learned that, that problem. It was horrifying. You'll go near restaurants on that. Day. No, hell no. But I know Yoko would sue us we did. But I'm going to have Italian. It was Valentine's Day. It was. Todd Bradley's on this. Mm-hmm. It's that he's playing at the George Harrison show, and Greg Townsend. He told me because I, I requested him playing the song yeah. for somebody, and he played. He said this is my favorite song on the album. So this is the High Risers. They are working on a new album as we speak, and they are really? they're going to have one song called Hot Banana on it. You want that, don't you? Kind of, yeah. Especially because bananas are radioactive. I think probably. But their last release, their first with Trevor Lake aboard, it's called My Kind of Fun, and Greg claims he caught that guitar when he threw it. But this is for Valentine's Day. Hopefully, but he had a good one, survived. It's for George Harrison, because 
Todd Bradley played on it. It's called, it's by my good friend Allison Bice. I'm really going through the credits, aren't I? Yeah. I call her my seasonal friend because she lives in Oregon and we see each other for holidays. But she writes a lot of lyrics for their albums. And it's called Soulmate. So we'll play that. And it's S-O-U-L, not soul. It's not about fish. So see or South Korea. And your retreat, I guess, is just as bad. Yeah. But so, on that note, stay warm. and Stay warm. Happy Valentine's get, Day. And go and see go, George go Harrison. Go see the show, show and tell Greg we sent you. That's right. Bye-bye. Mr. Fate.